Welcome everybody to episode 82 of the Doss and D Show. It's so great to have your company. On today's episode, we're so excited to bring to you V8 supercar driver Dylan O'Keefe. Dylan took us behind the wheel with all things racing. We chatted about his pathway to becoming professional and how difficult it can be for young up-and-coming drivers to crack into a team. He took us behind the scenes of what really goes on in professional racing, like the amount of money spent when mistakes happen on the track and the pressure to perform, and of course those scary moments when a crash does occur. Dill told us about the experiences and places driving has taken him both in Australia and Europe, and what race weekends really look like and the polarising difference between good and bad results, including the occasional in-team friction when teammates make costly mistakes during a race. But Dylan has so many aspects to him outside of his profession. He chatted to us about his love for aviation, business and some of the endeavours he wants to do on the side while in the industry and post his racing career. We had so much fun sitting down with Dill and learned so much about a sport Doss and I admittedly don't know much about. But Dylan's humble and funny personality made this podcast so enjoyable for us and we know you're going to love it too, whether you're into motor racing or not. So sit back, have a laugh and enjoy our chat with the great Dylan O'Keefe. Welcome to the Doss and D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. Well, it gets brought up every week. Um, a technical ability to uh, actually work a microphone uh, connected to a laptop uh, with, a guest, with a guest in front of us. I think I'm a bit red in the face. Yeah, me too. And it turned out that we just had the wrong cord, which is a new issue. So we're learning each week. But we've got to welcome our guest, Dylan O'Keefe. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Thanks for having me. I guess it's always a way, isn't it, when you're trying to do something with someone and then, you know, shit, it's a fan. And next minute you're scrambling. And anyway, we got it sorted. So a couple of tech gurus now. <laughs> We've got, we've got it going. Firstly, how are you, mate? So obviously, it's been a big start to the year for you. We kind of want to start back to our conversation, I reckon, where we had a coffee. And we, we were kind of debriefing on like, what are we going to chat about today? Because it's well known. Doss and D aren't the motorheads. Well, what, 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 what did I say outside the deal? <laughs> Doss was expecting a V8 uh, no, we went, style. We went and got a coffee and what did I say? Walked past Dill's oh, yeah, car. Doss, yeah, Doss, Doss tried to do the, uh, the car lingo and said, mate, great rig. <laughs> Meanwhile, knowing nothing about cars, exactly. but that's all right. And then Dill goes, yeah, mate, it's not bad. And then D goes, all right, Doss, all right. <laughs> well, we just, we had a great chat before and we there's so much to you, Dill. So maybe we will start with bringing the listeners into what you do, Dill. So tell us a little bit about what you do, what your passion is and what you're really known for. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, everyone's different and I know we don't all know exactly what everyone does day to day, but um, yeah, for me, it's a little bit different. So into my car racing and motorsports so started as a kid racing go-karts and sort of took an alternative path from playing footy and stuff like that but you know I'm thankful for the opportunities that come my way and the decision I made with going down that pathway and yeah racing go-karts which sort of as a kid you know it's an interest and you don't think you're going to be a professional at it it's just a Mm. bit of fun to do on the weekends with your family and old man and then you go away racing it gets a little bit more serious and from there went into cars and now yeah today I'm racing full-time in racing cars and you know every second third weekend we're away in different part of Australia racing and I would have loved to take it to Europe or America and race overseas but you know unfortunately a few things didn't quite go as you planned but 
with that said, you know, I'm fortunate for what I'm doing and yeah, I can say, you know, I'm working full time in what I love and it's a passion. Is that a pretty cool feeling? I mean, like, cause not everyone can say that again, we, we talk about it a lot, but it's our goal and our ambition and our dream is we want to get paid to do something you love. That's, yeah. that's pretty much the goal. Like mm-hmm. you're doing it. Like it's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. So yeah, super fortunate. I mean, a bit of luck, but also at the same time, you know, you got to work hard and the opportunities come your way and when they do you got to make the most of them so yeah super mm. fortunate to be getting paid doing what i love and you know sometimes it might not be the best money but i'd rather do something i love and not spot on you know earn ridiculous money but you know be happy doing what you're doing and you do it because you love it exactly what well, so you've got obviously uh, you're currently like your v8 racing and stuff what are you doing outside of work which is we were really interested in in our chat just before but uh, mm. you mentioned something that was pretty cool yeah, I love uh, trying new things and, you know, with COVID the last couple of years, I think we've all learned to adapt and my years, the last couple of years, I haven't been doing much car racing, which is what I love and not to say I was lost when I wasn't doing it, but I'm like, I need another passion and through that, you know, I love aviation and stuff like that. So started to get into, did a trial flight in a helicopter and then the bugs sort of come from there and, you know, the last couple of years that's been keeping me busy outside of work, part-time study and all those kinds of things, which is is great. I'm loving it. And so to get your commercial helicopter license, you have to do seven exams, mm. which, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but when you're doing it part-time, you know, it takes a couple months to tick them over. But, you know, it's a good challenge and something I'm really enjoying and hopefully in the future, you know, it's something I could mix in with my racing or, you know, it could be a completely different career path. So I'm, yeah, really enjoying that. I love that attitude. We had a great chat, didn't we, over coffee? And there's so many aspects to deal with that I'm sure will come out over the next 40 minutes or so, which I'm really looking to diving into. But for people like us, like we said, we're not the rev heads. We're, we're not, we don't understand the industry or know too much about it. Can you tell us a little bit about the pathway to getting to, because like you said, you've, you've got your dreams and your goals and you've been chasing that in your passion. But for people like us, how do you actually get to become a professional race car driver yeah i know i understand a lot of people don't actually know how the car racing industry works and it's different for everyone i mean you know it's different to normal sports where you know you might get drafted and get in with a team and stuff like that where racing you know you establish yourself in a go-kart and see if you've got the ability and if you do you try and get out of that pretty soon because you find the older you get and if you say like the crossover point i started to get into cars when i was about 16 okay which sounds young but at the same time you know you're progressively learning and you've got to make that switch pretty soon yeah because if you get to you know your late teens then maybe it'll be hard to adapt into a car because the styles are different and for me from karts i went into some porsche racing which I really enjoyed the Porsche stuff because the way it works worldwide for Porsche racing is all the cars are the same. With the setup adjustments, every car is set up different with the team's philosophies and stuff. Mm. But at the end of the day, it comes to the talent of the driver, which is great because with car racing, there's so many variables, you know, engine power, so many things yeah, yeah, you I could know, delve into. I know into. it all. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> You're listing it and I'm just going, yeah, you're speaking so, my language still. <laughs> I'll keep it simple with the engines and stuff, but yeah, you can um, do your head over it and get a bit lost, you know, like someone might not be as great as driver as you, but they've got better equipment yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. So the equipment's a massive part and having the team behind you. So currently I'm working full-time for a team called Gary Rogers Motorsport and they're big on having young people work in the team. So a lot of young mechanics, apprentices, young drivers. And yeah, he gives young guys a go, which I'm fortunate for him giving me a crack. And yeah, it's been a great opportunity working there. And time flies. It's my fourth year working full-time and driving for them. So it's great. That's awesome. But that's made me kind of think, is that not normal in the industry? As in like giving young people an opportunity? Is it more, hey, 
this is a big boys kind of industry or if you don't have this type of experience like is it is it a bit of a club like it sounds like it's hard to put your foot in the door and and, and keep it in there yeah correct so it's tricky i mean because it's expensive at the same time i guess the team owners are a bit reluctant to give young guys a go because they feel like not that you'll crash or they don't want them causing more damage than what an older experienced guy might so i think for them it's a bit of a risk thing and because you're perceived as a young guy you feel like you know you're hot-headed they're gonna have a crack yeah and it might come unstuck a few times but this team sort of looks through it and uh, as i said to you guys earlier we're self-sufficient so if we crash the cars we can fix them in our team yeah which a lot of teams don't have the tools that we do like we're a bigger operation that we raced a couple weeks ago in tassie one of the other young drivers had a big accident the car's getting fixed and we can solve all those problems as much as you don't want to see crash cars at the end of the day we're racing cars and yeah yeah i mean especially in the higher levels of car racing it's tricky to get started as a young guy because as i said the team owners are reluctant to give you a go on the basis that they probably perceive you like everyone else you're hot-headed you're gonna make more mistakes but if they can look through that and you get your first couple years out the way and then you know you're as good as anyone mm. i reckon typically what is the cost when a car crash i mean i know that there's a lot of variables to that but you just mentioned obviously it's like a hefty price but yeah it's an industry that seems to have a lot of money in it well i would think so is that correct or yeah it is and now with all the covid stuff it's tricky to get sponsors like yeah you, the team's getting funded off the back of someone having a successful business which yeah. our team owner does so you know we're not doing it to necessarily make money but at the same time you know you don't want to be just pouring money down the drain so mm. the main cost with the cars is Yes, the cars are expensive themselves, but it's the personnel and everything like that that goes with it. So like a V8 supercar for a year, one car for a season costs as much as $2 million for the year. And that's only one car. And a lot of teams have, you know, multiple cars. For what we're doing at the moment, we we race smaller touring cars, two-litre turbo, hot hatches essentially, but they're about probably for a year, they're about 300,000 each, so much cheaper. But with that said, you know, the upkeep and all that kinds of stuff don't really change. We just race a few times less than the main series a year. I'd be keen to hear, like, on the track, you're behind the wheel, the competitive, I guess, nature of racing and motorsport. Like, do you have any rivalries with other young drivers? Like, because obviously you're all trying to break through Mm. at a similar age. Obviously, you know, you watch other, like, more experienced drivers, like, if... I'm not saying I watch Bathurst, but you know, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, you, you know that there's, you know, you know what's happening. You know, there's <laughs> going down the Lewis Hamilton path. Yeah, that, that, one. no, no, that's F1. So, yeah, but there's obviously rivalries in those experience, but it, it's a respectful rivalry with you, younger guys, because you're trying to push through mm-hmm. to get into that. Is it I'm trying to be seen? And yeah, it, yeah. What, what's that like? Is it is it nice? Is it friendly? Is it nasty? I you mean, know, yeah. A lot of people say like you see experienced drivers and they go, you know they might have a clash on the track and you go, you're not there to make friends, which you're not. Like everyone talks to each other, but at the same time, you're a little bit standoffish. Even as much as you don't want to say it with your teammates, you're in the same cars and you want to, the first person you got to beat your teammate. Like you're in the same equipment. So you got to beat them first as well as everyone else. But the rivalries, a lot of the people you race today are the people that you've raced since you're a kid in karts. So you see them back then and everyone changes and, you know, you obviously grow and 
there is a level of respect in some regard because obviously there's a cost at hand mm. but at the same time like even a rivalry started for me a couple of weeks ago because a guy put me in the fence and then oh. the first thing is like oh, you know you're going to serve him up at the next race but you sort of can't think like that so watch you out young man because yeah. Dylan O'Keefe's <laughs> coming for you <laughs> so yeah as much as you want to you know you get angry and frustrated but the dust settles after a couple of weeks and then you think it through and at the end of the day it's not the end of the world but you are competitive and you're there to win that's what you want to do that's what we're driven by it's funny because we we spoke to jack simpson a few weeks ago a motocross rider and we talked about the team aspect of the sport it's like it's the fakest team as like i get <laughs> the, i get the team but when it comes to individual drivers or riders like Really, there's no team. He like basically you. just said, no, I'm out there to win. Yeah, yeah. you're out there for yourself. Yeah. I, I want to ask, because we love travelling, we like talking about travelling, tell us some of the places you've been to or some of your favourite places you've you've been able to drive at. Yeah, so with the racing I've been doing, I've been fortunate enough to travel a few times. Back mm. with the Porsche stuff, they have a young driver's shootout, so they'd get some of the best Porsche drivers from each country and send them to a specific track and you do a shootout. So. I went to France a couple of years back and Germany they sent us to, which was great. So exciting. So, you know, you get to travel and do what you love, which is the best thing. And then a great opportunity come up a couple of years ago, back when COVID first started here. And I was fortunate enough to get out to Switzerland and base myself with a team there and do a race in uh, in Belgium, which was super exciting. And, you know, to work, race on the world stage, like it was World Touring Car Championship. So that was great. And I think... Yeah, I was the first Australian to do that, which wow. was, yeah, a lot of fun. And I'd love to do a full year, but a one-off was still very cool. Yeah. And, you know, who knows, maybe get back there in the future. But to base yourself in a different country and, you know, live over there for a little bit was, yeah, amazing and something that will stay with me forever and, you know, love travelling and, you know, already planning maybe midway this year to shoot back over to Europe. And, nice. You know, it's best over there when it's summer as well. Yeah. Yeah, we just got back. Everyone knows. Uh, we've been talking about it nonstop, but yeah, it was winter over there. It was bloody cold. I'd love to see it in the summer. It'd be, yeah. it'd be absolutely amazing. Would you be open to sharing, I guess, like what the routine is for like a driver? So um, this is something I would have no idea about. Yeah. You watch the AFL docos and you know the night before they, you know, do this and do that and they get what to they the ground, eat, what yeah. they eat and they, yeah. we get it. But a V8 driver, I'm not sure about. What does your... What does your routine look like? What's your nutrition like? I, I don't mm-hmm. think people probably understand like how fit you actually have to be as well. Yeah, You're yeah, not just yeah. like... A lot you... of people think you're just sitting behind a wheel. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it does get perceived like that. But we sort of say it as like, it's like a sauna on wheels. Like it's so hot in there. Mm-hmm. The cars are really trapped because they don't want any air going in. Like it's all about aerodynamics and stuff like that. So the driver's are least worried about part of the car <laughs> and you're in there just sweating the whole time. And especially like Bathurst, you know, the race goes for over six hours two drivers per car but at the same time if it's you know if it's a hot day it's hard work out there and yeah. you know you got the engine working hard the brakes and all that just comes straight into the cabin it's not sealed like a road car so even in wet races like you'll know like water will come into the car and then starts to steam up because the car's hot and then next minute you can't see out the windows and all oh, these oh. all these factors that when you're in there it's frustrating but you Just don't really your... <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there was a couple of years ago one of the main guys in v8s the red bull team they were they had that problem in the rain it was fogging up in the car and they've just put a squeegee in the car with the driver and he's going down the straight at oh, 250k what? yeah wiping the front window which is pretty bad because you, you, yeah you can't have yeah. obstacles in the car if you have a shunt but they got, I think they got penalised pretty hev- heavily for it, but 
yeah, for a normal routine for me, like, yes, training's a big factor. And, you know, I'm probably a bit different to a lot of the other drivers because I work with the team full time. A lot of other guys don't. But, you know, I'm, I love working with the team and being involved with that aspect. But, you know, you've got to be reasonably fit to some level. And especially, like, some things you can't necessarily train for all the time. Like, yes, say, we're testing at Phillip Island, which is a fast circuit and, you know, a bit of G force. And then, you know, your neck's sort of giving up on you because you haven't done some fast tracks for a little bit for me anyway and then your neck's getting a bit sore and but that comes with experience too like this year now the season started we're in the car a lot more often so you know you just get i guess accustomed to the car and we call it race fitness pretty much much like probably with yeah with the afl players and that they get comfortable with you know they're in that routine which now our season started we're yeah we're up and going and yeah, I do a bit of bike riding and all that. I wouldn't say I'm a fitness freak. I should be doing more than what I am, but it's all time at the end of the day, isn't exactly it? Exactly right. What about like concentration or reflexes or that kind of training? Like, yeah. How do you actually train for things like that? And is that something you guys are put through a lot? Mm, yeah, correct. I mean, that's often I'll say is it's mentally tiring more than it is physical, which is yeah. quite obvious because you're concentrating, can't make mistakes. Quite often we'll do hot laps and you know take our sponsors for a ride or whoever it might be. And they go, oh, shit, like that's full on. But then, you know, you throw in another 30 cars and there's a lot happening. Yeah. And you've got to be really aware, of obviously, reaction times. Um, and little things like, you know, a race in Tassie a couple of weeks ago, it's only a short track, like the lap time's 53 seconds. And the whole field's within half a second. Mm. You know, like yeah. one little yeah. mistake, you're at the back. You're like, oh. So it's very frustrating. But yeah, you know, you see sports psychologists and all that kind of stuff as well to try and keep you sharp and... Yeah, I mean, think about other things that maybe other drivers aren't. So just always trying to get that advantage. Like, how do they actually test or improve your, your sharpness mentally? Like, I'm interested in, like, mm. I can't even picture how you actually do that. Is it through yeah, like, screens or is it through, like... Reaction like, lights react- and stuff yeah, like that. Like, yeah. It's not something I'm doing all the time. You could do more of it for sure. For sure. Like, you see Dan Ricardo doing all that stuff. Yeah, um, for the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. He's a funny guy, but... Yeah, I mean, stuff like that's a perfect example. And mm. um, obviously, at the, the start of a race is the best time to make up positions because everyone's okay. slow, like cold tyres, all that. Once the race is up and going, it's very hard to overtake. So yeah. if you can you know, get a good reaction off the lights, then you're up and away. And if you can gain a couple off then, it's easier than doing it while I've, the race is going. I've always wondered that because like when you see like a race happening, I'm like, it seems almost impossible to overtake someone because mm, yeah. the car's so big. And it is like... Like quite often the problem is, you know, all the drivers are quite at a good level. They're not making mistakes. And if there's no mistakes, there's no passing, really. Like at the end of the day, yeah, your car might go off, blah, blah, blah. But you can defend and do all these things. So if you can try and break their concentration or a little thing like that, that's how you get a pass done. It's not so much, yeah, once the race is going, it's very, very hard to overtake. It'd be, uh, be a nice little trick, you know, if, you, if your mic could connect to their earpiece and you, go, yeah. you know, get in their ear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be a bit of fun. So, yeah, you just got to think while you're out there what the best way you know and try and look for their weaknesses you know some corners you might be better than them and others they'll be better than you so yeah it's just a constant juggle ever felt pressure around what's next so Mm -hmm. you you know what you want to do right your aviation and and that's obviously exciting but as we spoke about earlier there's a lot of people that kind of they're unsure like they're in that kind of limbo phase did you ever feel like that pressure like if 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 this doesn't work the v8 Mm -hmm. stuff and the racing um, you're still so young, but if this doesn't work, shit, what am I going to do? Like, was there a bit of panic, I guess is a good word? Yeah, no, it's perfect. I mean, it's uh, it's a tricky one and it certainly crosses your mind, especially like racing, you know, 
ages on their number, but there's lots of young guys coming up behind you and you always think of yourself as a young guy, but then, you know, there's other guys right behind you and they're ready to take the next opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, there is pressure in that regard that you always got to perform and you don't want to get lost either. I mean, the last couple of years have been hard because we can't really show, you know, what we're capable of and maybe it's been pushed back a little bit, which is good. And once you're out of the circle, like especially getting those Bathurst drives, if you're not on the grid and not being seen, you, you don't want to be lost and get spat back out. So there is a bit of that and that's maybe why I've taken up the helicopter stuff as a bit of a, a backup. But at the same time, you know, racing's my focus and I've got to make yeah. that work. But yeah, it does cross your mind of because it's become normal for me doing this for, I've been fortunate to do it for a, a long time now and mm. you get comfortable doing that and I don't, you know, if it was taken away from me tomorrow, it's like, oh, what do you, you take? Not that I take it for granted, but you know, in some regard, it hasn't become normal. But you just don't want to lose that, so you got to keep yourself honest, and that's why, yeah, make it work for you, and that's what I want to be doing. On on that, do you know the average age of how long you actually like the average age somebody lasts as a professional? Like we mm. know with AFL and football yeah, and quite other young, sports, yeah, like we know how many years typically they last in the system before somebody takes their spot yeah so what about in in racing industry yeah in racing i think if you can get in and get known you know like there's a lot of big names like you know craig lands and that have yeah. been in for a long time and he's still racing yeah you know, and he's yeah late 40s so i don't think i think if you get to that it's you know you've done really well yeah. but even you know up to about 40 there's a lot of drivers that are still in the championship that you know they're consistent they get the results and more so the sponsors really like them sure so that's why for a young guy like me coming in trying to take their spot is quite difficult they've been in for so long sponsors love them and they just stay there and they're still fast some regard but you know they might not be getting the outright results which we might think oh we might get better results and all this but there's so many other factors within the team so yeah i think probably mid 30s to late late 30s is probably a roundabout number if you can stay in that long sounds like networking's yeah i was just gonna say like it's brand is everything isn't it it like, is yeah so oh, like, it's really interesting hearing that especially in supercars like now it's all changed from you know back in the day when holden and ford rivalry was massive and you know we'll build yeah. new cars here in australia the money was a lot more so the teams could afford to pay drivers more money and all these kind of things where now it's a lot about drivers bringing their own personal sponsors so maybe supercars you know half the grid is like funded by them knowing a certain partner you know like you might know someone from here and then bang their sponsors on the side of your car and that's how it all works so a lot of it is everyone in the field's an excellent driver i'm not taking it away from them but at the same time it's networking knowing the partners and yeah getting the sponsors on board because at the end of the day if you don't have the sponsors you can't do it i was just going to say yeah how crucial is the sponsorship like without that you can't get on the track yeah pretty much so and we know how hard it is to get money these days especially out of brands so uh yeah if you can make them work and you know keep them you know happy then yeah. yeah that's how you get your drives as well sure if you know anyone who wants to sponsor the Dawson D show <laughs> uh just uh get in their ear send the sponsor sponsorship proposal <laughs> yeah exactly right exactly right well let's talk a little bit about other areas of your life because we're chatting about it you have a bit of a keen interest in in business tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your your old man and and your family background and where that interest has come from yeah so for me you know i've always been a big one i really want to control my own destiny and yeah. even you know coming today to do the podcast and that you don't want to feel like you always have to ask for permission to do stuff and you know that sort of kills me and i see you know a lot of people i've seen that have their own business and that and i know if you have your own business you're working three times as hard but then you've got the luxury of saying you know tomorrow i want to be here or there sure. so 
it's not to say you want to cop out and have an easy way out. Like I'm all for working hard, but yeah. at the same time, I want my own freedom as well. Yeah, flexibility. And the flexibility with having your own your own show, you know. Yeah, I think at the end of next year, I'll be open to doing my own thing. And yeah, from like a family perspective, like even my old man and my uncles, they've all got their own businesses. And mm-hmm. yeah, they've done well for themselves, but they work really hard. And seeing them do that, same with you guys, with your family as well like with our own business and that like i think that'd be great and you know i'd love to do something for myself and sure whether it's working with my old man or you know myself as i said to you guys earlier me and a few mates are trying to have a stab at a little business idea we have and nothing major but if it comes off it'll be great and just learning those lessons for you know and take them anywhere with you exactly right yeah if we get on to bigger and better things that's excellent and if we don't well you know we've learned valuable lessons for for the future whether it's business or other things Projects. i reckon and you're probably lucky that you've got a few mates that are open to doing that as well mm. yeah yeah I certainly that's really important and i think as you guys like you're around like-minded people all the time and if you get yourself in those circles it's great and you know i love being around driven people and constantly working hard and it inspires you doesn't it and that's why yeah. out of this whole covid bullshit i've like wanted to do my own thing and you know think back like maybe in a few years look back and go you know out of that i've got this this and this and it's been great maybe if that period in my life never come along i never would have tried these new things and that's a big big one for me covid as much as i hate thinking about those lockdowns Mm. and and those times there were so many lessons learned and so many skills i was able to start reading about or learn or just put time into because there was time and yeah we had free time yeah it's like in some ways you got to be grateful for that we started our podcast during covid times too so like that's something you can look back on and be proud of and be like without that maybe never would have done it exactly right exactly right so and what i love about what you're saying is it sounds like there's a big crossover and just some of the like you said in terms of who you surround yourself yeah. with in the racing industry but also in life in business and it's just so important to surround yourself with the people that inspire you we've learned that haven't we and have you had to i hate saying you know cut toxic people or things like that but people that might not be as supportive of your journey because it is mm-hmm. unique um, yeah, yeah. Most people, like we don't, under- we're asking questions that probably are simple to you, but we don't understand the industry. Yeah. So, have you tricky. ever had to cut out those kind of people? I wouldn't say I've had to cut anyone out. Like, no one really comes to mind for that, but probably jealousy is one as well. Like, yeah. you know, you race people from a young age, and, you know, we're all like go karting doesn't cost much, and everyone can make that happen. But then the next few steps become tricky and you know maybe you lose a few people along that path and maybe there's a few negative comments or Mm. stuff like that but you try and even like within the racing world you know there's social media and all that and yeah you'll see all all the comments from keyboard warriors and that it's quite funny do you cop some of that a little bit yeah but i wouldn't say i'm targeted towards that but yeah yeah i haven't really had to cut out any toxic people which is probably great for me but at the same time, there's people that come to mind that, you know, you sort of just keep them at bay, keep your good friends close and those guys a little bit further away. Yeah, exactly. Not that we've had many uh, trolls. We've had, a, <laughs> we've had a couple in our time and it's funny, we've actually kind of said, once you have your first troll, you know you've made it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, right. So if, if you can handle them, uh, you can handle anything. That's, that's funny. For sure. So with like you, you mentioned with the social media kind of trolls and like mm. it's funny, I was looking at this yesterday because we, we both went, like we said to you, we went to England, we're both football fans or soccer fans i was reading on some of the facebook pages this poor guy for the team that i support he made his debut and all the team posted was 
what do you think of his first game? And everyone just got. St- and I'm like, everyone was I would hate if it was my first, if it was my debut. And the and the club posted that. And the comments, there was a few nice ones, but most of it was, or this, these are few nice this, ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And most of it was yeah, like, cool. these are the things that he sucks at, and oh, I don't see him as a long term prospect. Blah yeah. blah blah. Like, seems hey, cutthroat. If you get comments like that, do you feel it at all? Do you brush it's it away? Does it debut, make you angry? It? Like you yeah. can go either way. You can either be a star or you know, yeah, <laughs> kick down. But oh, I mean, racing is tricky because you know you sort of don't want to go too hard too soon because then you might come unstuck. So you sort of got to be a bit, you know, just think about the long term game, I guess, mm. and try and get the results on your belt. And it's hard for us too because experience, like you know, you can't just go out and practice in a car every day. Yeah. So a lot of your racing experience comes from doing the races, and yeah. you got to finish the races first. So a big one for us is you know, especially starting out, you might not be going. We all want to win, but yeah. if you're finishing, you know, top tens, get some real good consistent results, learn the tracks. Like a lot of the tracks we go to as well as street circuits, and Bathurst is a hard one too. It's public road. You can't just go practice there tomorrow. Yeah. So a lot of your experience comes from in the races and yeah. you know it's not until you get to like now i've done quite a lot of racing mm. where now i'm at the point you know you get to the track and you're going for it so you got to sort of you know bide your time is a big one and think about you know you can't just go bullet a gate and go too hard too early so just um it's yeah a, a lot a lot space. of yeah a lot of planning goes into it as well and you know think about what you want to get out of each weekend and um yeah i think that's a big one being smart and being level-headed Ever had uh, a few misslips? I'm sure you have. Probably as early as in the go kart stages. Yep. But has, has there been any kind of big crashes or, or even injuries? Anything? Yeah, there has been a few. Like not a lot, but they definitely kick you back a bit, like and put you back in your spot. So, <laughs> like a go kart, if you you know spin out, nothing happens. But then the repercussions in a car are much more severe. And I remember my first race in the Carrera Cup level. I've come unstuck a couple of times and maybe a young guy was only you know fresh 18 still at year 12 at school and our first race was adelaide 500 which is a street circuit and really tough track like you know it's hot it's 30 40 degrees and one of the toughest tracks of the year and you know i was feeling real comfortable in practice and then qualifying you know you try and have a bit of a crack and start higher up the grid and i end up coming unstuck over one of the bumps into a braking zone and you know really damaged the car quite heavily and i think i missed the first race because the team couldn't fix the car in time and stuff oh. like that which sort of really kicks you down and you're like uh oh. not to you don't think that maybe you shouldn't be there but you know really put you back in your spot the and you think yeah you. and you think all right I really gotta pull myself together and i think the way you apply yourself after those moments the ones that count so if you can learn from your mistakes and then i think maybe the rest of the year never really had another incident you know so get the first one out of the way and then throughout the years you have maybe a couple of close calls but because you're on the limit the whole time you are going to come unstuck at, at some point whether it's you know weather conditions or one little lapse in concentration so those things happen and we understand they do and the cars are so safe and stuff like that but yeah i was gonna ask about that do you fear for your safety or not no or not at all like yeah, the cars are extremely safe like the amount of safety that goes into them. Yeah, yeah, but the safety that goes into them is incredible. And you see, like, you know, where we build the cars from the ground up. And, yeah, it's all about driver safety, which is fortunate for us. Yeah. I've had some bigger crashes and, yeah, nothing really happens. Thank goodness. And touch wood, I hope, you know, nothing does, especially for the other drivers as well. You're probably almost safer in those cars than just out on the roads every day. Oh, yeah, right? it'd be which much is, safer, yeah. Which is bizarre to think about, isn't Driving it? Driving to work's more dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that weird to think about? That is ridiculous. 
Have you ever jumped in a different type of car? Like, have you ever been in an F1? Have you ever been on the back of a, or even a, a motorbike? Like, well, yeah. have you been into other motorsports? Not really. Like, I, I got my motorbike license, uh, I think, last year, actually. And I love motorbikes, too, but I don't think I'd get one for the road just because of, you know, how dangerous yeah. it is. And my mum will probably kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till I move out. But... Yeah, I mean, open wheel racing, like we all look at F1 and, you know, people joke, it's like, how do you get to F1 and stuff like that? But to get into F1, you got to get to Europe real early, like, okay. you know, race go-karts over there and get established there. And then you get into your junior open wheel categories where Australia is not real big on that. Like our premier series is V8 supercars. They're essentially, you know, a sedan. Yeah. So they're not really appealing for overseas drivers, but for us, you know, that's the main series and that's what we want to do. But there is an open wheel championship here in Australia. Do look a little bit like an F1, you know, the V8 faster, the fastest cars in Australia. And I had a drive of one of those earlier in the year at Tassie as well. And it was a lot of fun, like feeling the wind on your face. And, you yeah. know, usually you've got a windshield and all these things. And, you know, your head's getting pushed back with the wind and, you know, so many more factors and bugs on your visor and stuff. And <laughs> it's cool. Like I'd love to have the opportunity to do more of that open wheel stuff, but... Yeah, you can't do everything at the end of the day yeah, as well. Yeah. So, you know, I'm fortunate doing what I am. Are you an adrenaline junkie? Like, uh, I spun out on on uh, go-karts once and I absolutely <laughs> shit myself. Uh, so, when you're not driving, like, do you seek adrenaline? Is that something, like, if you if you go traveling the world, are you mm. trying to do those adrenaline activities? Or? I guess so, yeah. I definitely am an adrenaline junkie. But at the same point, like, if we've got a busy season and you're constantly racing in the yeah. car, like, your weekends, you sort of want to keep pretty chill if you can but yeah at the same time not really i don't know like you know skydiving and all that stuff it sort of doesn't interest me jumping out of a perfectly out of a perfectly good plane i'll organize that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's recorded no i i think i would genuinely because you know why i say that a bloke at work this week he came in on monday and i'm like how was your weekend he goes mate went skydiving and I thought, I reckon I'll, I would enjoy that. Probably that something crack. you only have to do once. I couldn't, bu- I couldn't, <laughs> yeah, bu- yeah. I couldn't bungee jump. No way. No, that scares me. Yeah. Like the idea of jumping and... No good for the DOS. No, no good yeah. for the DOS. Mm. But one string, wouldn't that just holding your uh, ankles? Scary. Yeah, at least yeah. skydiving you with a professional. What's yeah. your biggest, Somewhat. What's your biggest fear? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um... And give us the real answer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably spiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same, same as D. Yeah. Hate them. Yeah. So spiders, I'd say, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. Unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you joking? Yeah. yeah, you've had a couple of those scares, haven't you? Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you haven't. Yeah, let's just move on. Um, <laughs> Not that you know. My fault. Dug myself in a hole. You're quick winner today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Um, for this early no in the morning. Son. Can you tell... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you tell us through... You mentioned briefly, like... What a weekend. So we're here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. When you go to race in Darwin, tell us about that weekend, like that, all the steps you have to take across the weekend and what's yep. that feeling like? I've always imagined how cool it would be to jump into a plane to, and I'm going for work or for yeah. sport. Like, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I mean, uh, yeah, we're fortunate we can do the travel. And that's why I love it. You know, like every week's different, uh, especially, yeah, getting to see different parts of the country. And generally when we race at Darwin, for example, it's June, you know, it's cold and miserable in Melbourne. Get up there. It's lovely. So you generally yeah. stay on a few days if you can, because, you know, it takes long for the truck to get there, the truck, you know, yeah. four or five days. So quite often with us, it's always planning for the next event. So, you know, we raced a few weeks ago, Tassie, next is Phillip Island, it's just, you know, always working towards the next mm. next event. And yeah, for a general race weekend, you know, you fly out on a Wednesday, Thursday, depending, then you set up for a day, do your track walks, get all the information and that about the event, 
Friday, you get into practice a couple of sessions to get accustomed with the car around that track. A few setup changes you might want to identify and things that might work for you for that weekend. And then the one session that really sets you up for the weekends, qualifying. So yeah. Saturday morning, we do a qualifying session and that sets the grid for the first race. And then your finishing results from there, you know, establish the next races on Sunday. So each weekend you do three races pretty much and, you know, one quality session and that's the pressure session trying to get yeah. everything right and, you know, put it all together because it makes, you, makes or breaks your weekend because, as I said, how yeah. hard it is to, to overtake. Have you got a, uh, a story or something of just everything going wrong? Like as in, <laughs> or it does have to be that, a story about just nothing went to plan mm. on a certain race day or lead up to a race or, yeah. you know. Quite often, like, it's a frustrating sport. Like a few years ago at Bathurst, I was racing Porsche and, you know, we're pretty high up there in the championship and I think there was a couple rounds to go and I think I was second at the time in the points. So you really got to, you know, finish well and mm. if you're going for the championship, you can't afford to have any mishaps and, there was one session that really come to mind like the practice sessions were really wet and the car wasn't handling great and we still had like a dry setup in the car which means it's not going to handle well in the wet we all know that someone that doesn't know racing could know that and we had wet tires on the car and it was really not handling great and then that afternoon we had a qualifying session and I was adamant about changing the car to a wet setup and the team were saying, no, it's going to dry and all this stuff. And all you had to do was just poke your head outside and see how miserable it was. And you're like, <laughs> the rain's not letting up, you know. Ended up qualifying like 10th, which wasn't great at all. And then, you know, it snowballs from there. First race, get taken out first corner. Then you oh. last. And, you know, it just keeps going on from there. But that weekend, you know, started off not going great. But then I think the last race we finished second. So, you know, we recovered well. It's always nice to finish the weekend on a high note. Yeah. And then you sort of forget about the other shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone remembers the last day. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people say, which I hate, is, you know, you're only as good as your last race, which I hate that saying because there's so many factors. But, yeah, if it's – generally, if it's not going to plan, it continues to go like that, doesn't it? Mm. Do you ever have friction within the team? I'm just thinking before when you said like you crashed so early mm. and and you missed the next race because of the damage to the vehicle. Yeah. Does that cause the problems with internally? Or? A little bit. Like, I mean, it can. And even a few weeks ago, we were putting together a pretty good weekend and the last race I got taken out. And I hit the wall pretty hard and I thought my car was damaged. So I jumped out of the car. I thought the race is done. And then one of the top guys on the team's like... You know, if I were you, I would have driven it back and all this stuff, like back to the pits and then continue on with the race and get some points. You might not get score good points, but, you know, for the championship, yeah. you need some points. And, you know, he was having a go at me because I didn't drive the car back and all this. And I'm like, dude, I hit the wall that hard that, you know, mm. I thought the car was done. And generally, if you've hit the wall and you drive it back to the pits, you're going to do more damage. Yeah. And, you know, if you drive back and a wheel's hanging off it, damage the gearbox, you know, that's 30 grand. Then if I did that and then they would come down on me even harder. So yeah. I'm like, I just can't win. You can't win. <laughs> so many factors, aren't there? Like, so, I don't think about any of this stuff. Um, so that was an interesting one and whatever. You know, you move on pretty quick. But you really got to look after your mechanics like because they're the ones working hard for you and, you know, they're the ones you got to look after, you know, whether it's at the pub by them few rounds of beer or something yeah 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 quite often you know they'll have a few late nights and yeah they're working for you so look after your guys and make sure you get along with them and the yeah. little things yeah, yeah i mean not much friction in the team it's pretty good yeah generally don't mind a free beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves that might become a mechanic <laughs> <laughs> well we're getting probably close to the end of the potty mate i've had a great time Me i've too. actually learned a lot like 
there's so much more I need to learn about this yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm just interested. So just, yeah, some of the things probably outside the racing that you're interested in, give us your uh, your dinner party. Who, uh, who are you inviting? Oh, you got, um, yeah, we'll, we'll give you three. Three. Um, this could be a bit of a setup that we've... <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, someone that would be a fun guy that, you know, still racing related, Dan Ricciardo would be a good yep. guy, mm. I reckon, especially on the drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love a beer with him. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, someone looks like they can have a good time. Stan Blazarin. Oh, <laughs> very interesting. Um, and maybe the Wolf of Wall Street guy, John Belford. We got him. Anyway. Just turn around for us, please. Got a little book for you to take home. No, no, <laughs> not take home. <laughs> you see that book up there, oh, right at the top, the black one. Catching the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah we did a bit of research there, and I saw you a bit of a. Jordan Belford, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no I'm not a, a bit, funny setup. But no, not a funny setup, but no, I'm a big fan of his. You read his it's books? Funny. No, I haven't I've read his seen books. The movies. Should I read them? Yes. I'm not 100%. big into read reading. That I am? I don't know. Yeah. I find I just get distracted, which is something I should learn. By you know, what? Oh, just, oh, just, other just things. Life. I thought you meant distracted within the movie. Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of distractions in that yeah, movie. Yeah, there is. It's a great movie, actually. Yeah, I can't days. really sit still for long, but. No, I'm just saying. Who would be your, who's your dinner party guest? Three. No, I'll give it to you next podcast. It's right on the spot. Have you got some? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just the it is hard when you're thrown on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Is. Give us one. Come on. Uh, yeah, just I would one. have said Jordan Belford would be No, you can't say that. an easy one. There's two others Logan Paul. Oh, you yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be Are you, do you like Logan Paul? I don't really disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't not like him. Yeah. Will you give us one? I, don't, I, I can't think of one to be honest. Uh, Jake Paul. Nah. I go um, as Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Actually, that's a good yeah. one. Shit. It's such a good question. Oh, I'd go Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Yeah. Cliche, but mm. a future guest of the podcast, obviously. Yeah. But future. Yeah. <laughs> Next week's. Dream. Dream. <laughs> if guess. you can get the mics working. Tell you what, yeah. <laughs> hard act to follow. Yeah. Hard, very hard act to follow. Yeah. Um, but. What do we reckon, mate? You reckon we wrap this yeah, up? Yeah, I think so. It's been a, yeah, a, a places to yeah, be. it's been <laughs> a great time. We've wasted his time for the first half an hour trying, trying to, to get this up. working. <laughs> Dill, thanks for joining us, mate. We've had a ball. Look forward to hopefully watching you grow and continue your, your career and what you're doing. Uh, maybe we can jump in the car with you one day. That'd be yeah, great. Sure. That'd be yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Take you guys for a hot lap. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. That'd be some pretty funny content. Wouldn't yeah, it? would Just, be. Uh, Dean, I'd, yeah, I'd be we'll probably have my eyes shut the whole time. We'll try and tee that up later in the year. Yeah, we'd love that. Thanks, Dill. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.